Last time on In Vain. Dallas is a, is a friend, you say, that we want to open up this club with. Yeah, I think she'll be perfect for being a bodyguard. You see there's this figure, uh, looks like cloaked in dark clothing, the hood up, and he's holding her up in this alleyway uh, in the darkness, and it looks like he's biting her neck. Idlewise, Idlewise. He looks back at you two and says, So, the stakes are going to be removed, and I'm going to ask you a question. And if you lie to me or tell me an answer I don't want to hear, I have authority to end your existence right now. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of In Vain. My name is Chad. You can catch me on Twitter at Chadlicious, and my favorite candy is Butterfinger Bars. My name's Shiny Kui, but you can call me V, and I am all on all things social media, Twitter, Twitch. That's pretty much it. I don't have a MySpace, and my favorite candy is Twizzlers, baby. My name is Tessa. I am on Twitter at Selkie Dreams. You can find me there and a variety of other places around the Nerdsmith Network. And my favorite candy, because you are both wrong, is a Twix bar. I love peanut butter Twix, actually. I think by default, since I'm the storyteller, that I'm right. Okay. That might sure. be okay, sure. Sure, Chad. Whatever you say, man. Chad, if I have a Butterfingers, it is all yours. I got so mad when Coldstone discontinued the Butterfinger mix-ins because people weren't getting it enough. I miss Baskin Robbins. Bunch of savages in this town. <laughs> oh man, my high school job was at a Baskin Robbins. I do not miss Baskin Robbins. <laughs> okay. So who would like to help us recap from what happened last time? Oh man, how long has it been? Three weeks? Two weeks? I don't know. Uh, so where we last left off, uh, let's see. I think Elsa and Dallas uh, came across a building that would work wonderfully for a haven slash nightclub. Mm-hmm. As a night, as a night uh, club and joint, and where people can get away from everything. And and Elsa's. Elsa's adopted guardian is going to help out financially some. Dallas has some left over from uh, an inheritance. And then you two got to meet a couple of other vampires in Heidelberg. That's true. But first we went to a really awesome banging party. That Elsa did not like. And she saw a Nosferatu attacking this poor girl. And then that, that little snitch made us meet Maximilian. So, fuck that guy. So you got to meet the sheriff of the town who asked you a couple of questions and, you know, after the interrogation, left you to your own devices and you were driven home by Leon, who is a Tremere that you just met. And he's seems very apologetic about the events that transpired. Yes. So he dropped you guys off at the club and he said that he would be back the next evening to hopefully 
you know, answer any questions that you might have, give you more details about the upcoming Elysium where you could, where you are expected to meet the other Camarilla vampires in the town. And you went to sleep that morning. And where we left off, I think Elsa had a hunger of three. Is that right? Oh, boy. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. And uh, what did what hunger did Dallas have? I think Dallas was at maybe one. Dallas at a two. Two? All right. So we'll say Dallas at two, Elsa at three. So as you animate for the next evening, I need both of you to give me a rouse check. Okay. So Dallas, you got an eight on your rouse check. All right. And Elsa? I have a... Is that one die? Yes, roll 1d10 and tell me the result. 10. Oh, good. Your hunger does not increase either. Good. I have. It says I have zero hunger. Uh, that's not true. You have four. I mean, three. You have three. Yeah, I, I do. I'm not tracking your hunger on this sheet. So both of you awaken. Uh, you're not any more hungrier than you were last night. And... You're in your club, in the special room that you set aside so you'd be protected from the sun. What do you do? Uh, Elsa's going to stretch. (laughs) And then get up out of her coffin. Wait, do we have coffins? I don't think we do. I sleep in a bed, so... We sleep in beds. Okay. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Uh... She's going to get up off out of bed and then she's. So do you each have like a bed in the room or do you have bunk beds that you share? No, I think we would have like two separate beds on either side or something or two separate rooms. The bunk bed thing would be cute. <laughs> Dallas would have pushed for her own space. Uh, not that she doesn't like Elsa, but she's. She's very uh, space sensitive. Yeah. I could just imagine if they had a bunk bed, they'd be like the two brothers from that one superhero show that came on after Dexter. Dexter's Laboratory. Be like, hey, Pa. I don't know. <laughs> Someone would know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like Crunk and the Rockstar and everything. Be like, uh, good knocked. Hey. We have some time until Leon gets back to take us to wherever he's taking us. Well, that's right. This is a, some sort of fancy party, right? Well, remember, he did say that the Elysium was about three nights from last night. So are you going to, to just sit around and wait for Leon to show up? No. Is there anything that you're actively doing uh, to pass the time? Dallas is probably uh, doing stretches, maybe a little bit of yoga, um, trying to keep her limberness, doing some push-ups, just basically doing her gen- generic uh, calisthenics routine, getting up, getting as if if it would get the, bo- the blood pumping, if that were possible, but um, just kind of stretch and be ready to take on the day. Yeah, so Dallas is stretching her dead muscles. Elsa's going to notice that they're both dead. 
and they don't need to stretch, but she doesn't say anything and just lets Dallas do her thing. Some level of denial keeps people comfortable, okay? Yep. So is Elsa going to be doing anything important, or can we just move along? Elsa's going to get ready for, for the day, or for the night, and she's going to put on her fancy makeup, and she has a new dress. So. All right, describe the dress. It's red. It's a crimson red this time. It's very typical. Um, it's a different color than what she wore over the weekend. And it's got a little star pinned at the center. And it's also a uh, shoulderless dress. All right. So Elsa gets uh, gets herself ready and Dallas is doing stretches and exercise. And by the time you guys are winding down, there is a knock downstairs uh, from the door. I got it. And Dallas just goes racing downstairs to go answer the door. What does the downstairs look like? You guys have had this club area for about a few weeks now, and you guys have been trying to fix it up. How far along are you guys, and what what is what does it look like down here? Clean, first of all. Yeah, we spent we we spent a lot of time uh, just kind of refurbishing the downstairs and just getting it clean so we can actually talk about what kind of decor. And that in itself was a job to just make sure everything was cleaned out and the floors are you know, level. There's no bumps or anything that needed to be um, sanded down and refinished. Okay, so is this just like a big empty space or is there like bits of furniture, boxes, tools? What, what's going on here? There's a little bit of furniture. Like there's a few uh, bar tables and a few cushions and it hasn't, they haven't, had the money to go out and buy big fancy uh, things to decorate the place with yet, but we're both hoping that we can get things to make it act look like an actual club where people can relax and be comfortable. Dallas managed to go um, through the dump and found a old bar that someone had thrown out that's like once it's been cleaned up a little bit and had some good TLC, it'll be perfect. So she's been spending her time stripping down the old uh, finish, sanding, buffing, um, repairing some of the cracks in the wood and getting it ready to go. So her tools are kind of laid in a slump by this, um, by this wooden bar that is, Looking better, though, it could use a couple coats of polish at this point. So she, as she goes downstairs, she just basically butt on the banister and slides down. Okay, and you make your way to the front door, and... Mm -hmm. I yell at Dallas and be like, be careful, it's old! You're going to hit your face! We're in Europe, everything is old. <laughs> I'll fix it, don't worry. All right, you open the door? Hello? Open up the door, and Leon is there, and he has—he's uh, holding up somebody who has his arm around Leon's shoulder. And the guy—he looks a little like he's had a, a number of drinks. And Leon looks over at you. He looks over at his friend. And says, "Hey, 
You mind if we come on in? My my friend here needs to sit down. He gives you a wink. Elsa is at the top of the stairs and she's watching. I've got a, a like a like a cushion thing. She calls them like seti poofs. Go for it. So Leon puts the guy down on the the seti poof. Is that what it is? A seti yeah. poof. Wow. So he puts him down there and he he snaps his fingers a couple of times so the guy looks at him and he looks the guy in the eyes and he says, Stay there and don't move. And Elsa, are you coming downstairs right now or are you still upstairs? She's walking down the stairs, like not at a fast pace, but she's just observing what Leon's doing. And so Le- Leon sees Elsa and he starts stepping out in the middle of the area and motions uh, Dallas for you to follow him. And you look over and you see the guy that Leon just told to sit still and not move. He is, yeah, he's not moving a muscle. He's just sitting still, kind of like almost like in those really cheesy science fiction movies where somebody gets quote unquote frozen. And he wiggles a little bit, but he's trying to stay stock still. So I'm going to get to the bottom of the stairs and be like, hello, Leon. Leon nods to you too and says, so as a way of apology for last night, I brought you some dinner. I thought I this, I thought this would be a apology gift. Right. So hopefully it's to your liking and I will dispose of anything that needs disposing of. Hmm. And then Elsa's just going to observe the guy that he brought in there. Yeah, he looks a little uh, tipsy, but he's sitting still. Okay. So I'm just going to sit by him and just be like patting his back. Be like, it's okay. <laughs> just pretending to I don't know, woo him with soft words and shit like that. So the guy, uh, he's you're sitting next to him, you're touching him, and Leon looks over at him and says, you can move now. And the guy starts moving. He thinks that's a little weird, but there's this very, very attractive woman in a shoulderless dress sitting next to him right now, patting his back, so he's not going to say too much about it. Elsa's just um, going to bite his neck just to see what he tastes like. Okay, so you bite into his neck, and as you taste his blood... I don't want to drink from him, I just... Uh, or take anything out i just want like a sip i see so you you bite a little bit and taste some of the blood and it's it has a nice uh sanguine flavor to it i mean this guy he's been drinking a bit so his blood is a little got a lot of the the joyful hormones going on in there so it's pretty tasty uh and yeah there's there's that bite of alcohol to it but not enough to where you would get completely trashed on this guy's blood. Hmm. And then I lean back and nod to Leon and uh, say, so was this your own apology gift or was this from Maximilian? Leon says, this is, this is from me. Oh, how generous of you. And the, the guy sitting next to you was like, did you just bite me? Oh, no, nine, not at all. Why why would you assume such a thing from a beautiful lady like me? And then I look over at Leon. (laughs) Leon rolls his eyes. (laughs) You are worse than a cat. (laughs) 
<laughs> is Dallas saying that? Yeah. And then she just keeps like stroking the guy's hair and patting his back and rubbing it and be like, you'll be okay. <laughs> You're trying to put him at ease? Yes, I'm trying to put him at ease. Fake feigning ease right now. Feign ease. Give me a manipulation and persuasion roll. Dallas just kind of rolls her eyes at Leon and under her breath says, she plays with her food. Leon shrugs and says, yeah, we all do our own weird things. I glare at Dallas for a little bit. Like, it's a half glare. It's not a hateful glare. It's just... <laughs> and then, okay, so two? It's going to be five dice, but don't forget to replace your hunger. The three of those dice need to be hunger dice. Okay. I have a... A six, a two, a ten, three, three. Okay, so you succeed in putting him at ease. Says, "Oh, why you? I'm just love bites, basically." And he's he gets a little bit more comfortable as he does think it's kind of weird that Dallas and Leon are way on the other side of the room watching this and just kind of talking to each other, giving side commentary. Well, Dallas is probably actually going to turn her back because she's eating people, not her thing. Okay, so as Elsa gets closer, Dallas turns her back. Yeah, I'm just like kind of making him comfortable. So you can stay here for the night if you like. I can get you some water. Can I stay with you? Oh, of course. I might like that. Elsa just gives him a grin. Okay, so, and then um, she pats his back. She's like, I'll be right back. And then she walks over to Dallas and Leon to be like, so, why else are you here? I'm here to explain to you where Elysium is and to answer any questions that you might have about what any of that means. I appreciate that. We do appreciate that. Yeah, no sense in flying blind. Are you going to do anything with this guy? Because I'm going to have to erase his memory. Oh, you've, uh... I... Okay. And <laughs> I just make a U-turn. <laughs> just go back. And, um... Hmm. <sighs> going to get a little bit tracy here. Uh, I'm going to take him upstairs. Okay, you take him upstairs, and what are you doing with him? I'm gonna fucking eat his throat out. <laughs> Not eat it out, but, um... <laughs> That's like the worst phrase impossible. I'm going to eat his throat out after I take him upstairs. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> I'm just gonna fucking drink his blood <laughs> he's already manipulated so it shouldn't be that hard to get him upstairs right can somebody roll 1d10 for me and tell me what the result is it's an 8 okay and how much hunger are you going to slake from him I'm gonna take off 2 okay so you drink you slake 2 hungers worth from him he's he definitely passes out uh, the the resonance, the sanguine resonance, it's very fleeting, so you're not getting any bonuses from that, but it, it fades very quickly from your palate after you're done drinking from him. Okay. I wasn't worried about that. She just... Like, she's not gonna pass up free food, alright? Like, the girl likes to eat. Right. 
right. So, and he drifts off into a gentle slumber. She's gonna, yeah, she brought him up to like the fake bedroom where like it has a window in it and everything. So it kind of looks like it's a normal bedroom for like one person. So, cause I was assuming that we had that normal bedroom and then we had like a bedroom off to the side where it was for us. I don't know, just to like make, like, make people see that we were like normal people and not vampires. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. After you're done and you come walking out of the room, Leon is there, Dallas is, they're probably both still downstairs. You come down and you nod to Leon, Leon nods back, says, okay, so any questions that you two might have? I know you've been one of us for a very short period of time. You're probably very curious about a number of things. Yeah, um, yeah, you can say that. Uh, definitely, I can ask questions. All right, so you ask away, and if I am able to answer a question, I will. So, first question I have, how do I go back? How do you go back where? Not being this. How do I not be a vampire? How do I, how do I fix it? Uh, that is probably one of the first questions all of us ask. And as far as from my knowledge, for what I know, there there is no going back. But there are there's legends and folklore about those of us who are able to. But in my experience, there is no going back. You're, this is forever. Can I ask a personal question? I don't have to answer it, but go ahead. How long have you been one? Okay, so I'm going to start this off. First of all, usually that's a pretty rude question to ask one of our kind, but I I understand the asking. Uh, To answer your question, it has been around 80 years since I was embraced. Oh, well, I apologize. It's okay. a long Just, time to go without a hug. Yes. When we're... <laughs> a long time to go without a hug. That, was, that must be that American humor I've heard so much about. <laughs> this is not Probably. Elsa laughing. This is me laughing. Uh, Elsa is um, going to have a serious face and be like, well... This might be something that the Elysium can answer, or you can answer. I don't care, but where where is my sire? Or she doesn't know what a sire is. Where is the person that made uh, me this? No, you, you would know. He did mention that the prince was his sire. Okay. So she she asks, where is my sire? And why would he leave me like this? I do not know who made you. Uh, There's a number of reasons why uh, a kindred would be embraced and then abandoned. It could be there was a reason why your sire had to leave. It could just be uh, abandonment. It could be he didn't intend to embrace you. Uh, There's a number of reasons. 
great. So he wouldn't have intended to make me like this. Is that what you're saying? I can't answer that question for him. I want to find him. That's understandable. Is that a thing that I can try and do? Is find the person that made me this? We can we can work on it. Let me we'll 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 see what we can do. Uh, depending on how uh, how far the prince is willing to help you. Also just nods. I I would assume that it is also rude for a sire to just abandon someone someone who doesn't even know what a vampire is. Or thought it was just a myth. Yeah, usually this is the reason why, you know, if a if a kindred is made without the permission of the prince, they're typically destroyed because they tend to be a huge risk to the masquerade. So why not us? Well, yeah, why would he not destroy it? Don't get me wrong. I'm very grateful that we're not destroyed. I prefer living, though I do realize that that is not quite the apt term. I do prefer that. And I can tell you, I I cannot answer that question. That was a decision that the prince made. Perhaps you could ask the prince at Elysium in uh, two more nights. Which, by the way, is at the Hotel Zumritter. And it's at the hotel? Yes. we Every month we run out the hotel, and that's where we have Elysium. Anybody who has you know spent any time in Heidelberg knows that this is a pretty fancy hotel. This is like a almost a 500-year-old hotel that is very famous, very historical building, and is very fancy on the inside. Okay. If we're going to be in a party full of vampires... Um, how do we not offend anyone? Because I assume offending someone gets you dead real quick. Yes, and I was going to come here to talk to you about kindred etiquette, which first first rule of kindred etiquette is we're kindred, not vampires. Uh, Elsa is going to put her hands up, be like, wait, I'll be right back. And then she's going to run upstairs and grab her notebook and then run back downstairs. <laughs> And just start taking notes. As you run past your your previous victim, the victim he he wakes up a little bit, looks over at you, says, "Hey, you ready for round two? Then?" And then he falls right back asleep. <laughs> She's just like, "Oh no!" And then uh, quickly uh, puts just the she puts the she puts the sheets over him, and then just kind of tucks him in and pats his cheek and walks out. And then she gets downstairs. It's like. Leon, I think it's time to... Uh, and then she's pointing upstairs. Might want to... Yeah, well, we got time. He's probably still He asked out. me if I was ready for round two, so... Okay, well, if he comes downstairs, I'll take care of him. Okay, and then she's going to open her book and then just start taking notes. All right, so, like I said, rule number one, we're kindred, not vampires. Vampires are very... I guess as it was described to me, a gauche term used by the mortals. 
Second thing, so the reason why Elysium is so important is an Elysium is a special event. It's also a place that's been designated as a safe haven for other kindred. Like you step ground, you step foot under the grounds of an Elysium and there is absolutely no violence is allowed and no use of your vampiric powers against other kindred. Okay, so don't bite other kindred. Okay, Powers. That's a, that's a thing that I. So yes, your disciplines. Okay. Is glow in the dark apparently, but hers don't. Oh, your yes. So different kindred from different clans have different disciplines that come more easily to them your you can make your eyes glow red so from what i understand that's a use of the power of protean which is mostly common in the gangrel clan we were both able to leap really high i'm not going to explain why Max probably already knows, but I'm just, I just figured it out one night. And uh, why can we both do that? Well, sometimes the embrace gives us supernatural strength. Uh, Like for me, I am able to command mortals with my voice and eye contact. Uh, I can do some blood sorcery. I can see things that are typically hidden from mortal eyes. So, but you called her a gang girl, then, but are you, no offense. No, it's, my clan is Tremere. Clan and house Tremere. And what is Tremere? Uh, it is a clan of kindred that, uh, Oh man, <laughs> I I don't think I have time to give you a long history lesson of the Tremere clan, but just understand that we are blood magicians. We unlock the hidden magic inside of our kindred blood and to do interesting effects. Okay. She's going to close her book and then uh so if we're going to meet other people at the Elysium, then what kind of people should we expect there? Well, first first things first. Don't trust anyone. You're going into a place that is completely full of predators. Some are quite ancient. And they're all going to be looking at... You're the new players in town, so it's you may get drawn into a great deal of politics without even really being aware of it. Uh, Another thing that's very important amongst our kind is uh, debts, favors owed, favors given. It's the the currency, it's the lifeblood of our society here in Heidelberg. makes a lot of sense because when you can live forever, money becomes less and less important. It's really what you can do for me that becomes my bargaining chips. Hmm. Got it. Just going to glance over at Dallas. So the key is get other kindred to owe you stuff, but try not to owe too many kindred things. As an example, I came and I brought you a mortal 
just because. However, in the future, if I was in the same situation or where I was hungry, I would expect you to do the same for me. Do you have a preference of what you would like to expect me to show up with? I prefer mortals that aren't exactly conscious. Mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It's better when they're sleeping. What? Like I said, we all have our tastes. Yeah, but do you want a homeless person or do you want a, a pretty person or do you want, I don't know, regular? I don't think it cares. I think just sleeping. One full of blood. Any other questions? How do I not be hungry all the time? She doesn't eat people. She only eats the raccoons and the deer and the elk out in the forest. I see. So you're a farmer, huh? Um, our army brat. No, it's what we call kindred that exclusively feed from animals. It's a little nickname. Uh, so to answer your question with that, um, the only way to completely eliminate your hunger is to kill a mortal. Uh, animals will not do it. So unless you're willing to kill, you'll always be a little hungry. Got it. Okay. It's an unfortunate side effect of being what we are. The, the beast is always there, and it's always hungry. He looks a little haunted when he says that, too. Oof. And uh, Elsa stands up. She's like, well, Leon, I, we appreciate you coming here and telling us all the information. And uh, you are interrupted by a knock on the door. Uh, Elsa's going to go answer it this time. Leon looks over at you, Dallas. Is you expecting anybody else? No. Who is it? Uh, you hear from behind the doors. Uh, Elsa, it's me, Gregory. Uh, uh, oh, that's I turn her. around. That's her friend. At this at this point, uh, Leon Leon uh, reaches behind his uh, in his coat because it's cold outside, and he pulls out a, a small little knife and keeps it to his side just in case. And he looks over at you, Elsa. He motions over to you, Elsa, and he whispers, "Get rid of him." He's my he's my guardian. I can't just get rid of him. He's not safe here. Elsa looks a little terrified, and she's going to quickly open the door and then slam it behind her and just lean up against the door. Hi, Gregory. And uh, Dallas, you see when Elsa closes the door and steps outside, Leon goes more towards the front. And he's listening, trying to listen into the conversation. And he's got his knife up. And the knife, it, it's a small, kind of very shiny knife, and it's got, looks like arcane symbols on it. Looks very weird. What are you doing? If he knows, or if he knows too much, we have to take care of it. She's been very careful. She hasn't said anything. Okay, then this shouldn't be a problem. And so he leans his head up, his ear over to the door. And Elsa, you're standing out there with Gregory. Gregory has uh, 
It's it's uh, raining a little bit, so he's got his umbrella up, and he has like a bag of looks like food. Of course, it's raining a little bit. Ugh. He's got a little bag of food, and he looks over at you. He says, "Elsa, I thought." And he motions for the food. It's like I thought I'd come visit and say hi. It's been so long since we've seen each other. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. I, did you bring food? Yes, I did. It smells delicious. Um, I, I brought enough. I, I think uh, is Dallas here. No, no, she's at uh, as another party. Uh, I was actually on my way out, uh, and she and she motions herself with her makeup on, her her new dress, and uh, the. I would invite you inside, but it's really, really dirty. Not dirty, but you know, not the best right now. But um, hear about that, Elsa. Besides, it's raining. Well, I I want you to see it when I'm all done. And she takes his arm, and then they she turns them around and starts walking the other direction. Okay. Well, before you're able to to pull him, you, know, you turn him around. He he looks like he's been wanting to say something, and he just interrupts you and says, "Elsa, I know what you are." What? And I know what Dallas is. And Dallas, you see at the door, you see Leon, he he grips the knife a little bit tighter. He looks over at you, Dallas, and says, we need to get rid of him. What? I'm like trying to pull him away from the door, but also trying to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I just, we've, I've only heard from Dallas at least once in the past two weeks. So he looks at you and says, Elsa, you're not at home anymore. You you slept in the boiler room of the library with Dallas. Dallas ran away from home. You two have been seen together a lot. You've been acting very strangely. You're, you're coming home dirty. I get what's going on, Elsa. Gregory, it's... probably think it's drugs or something. And he looks, he looks at you and he's like, and I just, I just... I would hope that our relationship was such that you would tell me, because you know, Elsa, love is love. It doesn't matter who you're in love with. You don't have to hide this from me. I... And Leon Leon rolls his eyes and puts the knife back in its holster. I... We're not in a relationship, Gregory. We're not doing anything like that. She is has becoming a good friend, and that's all we are. She's eighteen. Don't date anyone younger than me. That's so brash and not. That's just dirty. I don't. I don't like it. All right. So I want you to give me a manipulation and persuasion roll. Oh God, it's five, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh God. It's a hunger dice. I could fool Gregory. Let's go. <laughs> oh. oh, fuck yeah. Okay, three, five, uh, six, six, six. Or, yeah. Six, 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 five, three. All right, so so he, Gregory, is he, he shakes his head a little bit, and he's like, so, well, then, then what is it, Elsa? Because we're walking away from the. I have like him clutched in an arm, 
and we're walking away from the thing and I take the bag of food and I hold it in my other hand. It's not anything you have to worry about, Gregory. I have just have been very busy with the lounge and I have been wanting to see you for a long time. And I, this is the perfect time to talk and get together. And I, I think it's the perfect moment. Well, just promise me that soon you'll, you two will invite me over. Maybe we can share a meal to celebrate the opening of your new club. We will totally do that. Uh, I think it would be a wonderful idea to have it at night so that people can arrive as soon as we open instead of during the day. So he nods and he says, so just just think about what I said, okay? Nothing, nothing you can say or do will make me stop loving you. I mean, I'm legally, I'm your father. I love you too. And I am so grateful that you have adopted me so many years ago. And I don't know where my life would have gone if you hadn't adopted me that day. And I have been worried about your health and Christine. And I haven't been able to talk to her either, but I want to go out on a night and hang out with the both of you because you two are the most important people in my life. And she kind of, her lip trembles and, um, but she shakes it off. And so how about this next week? I call Christine and we both go out to a beer garden. But that sounds good. Yeah, we can wait until uh, the construction is or halfway done, halfway done, and uh, to celebrate it, the halfway point, we can go out. And don't worry about Dallas; she's fine. It's I wouldn't say anything to her father either. Well, I'm not going to say anything to her father, but they're starting to put up missing posters. Elsa's eyes kind of go wide. He hands you the bag of food and says, I I hope you have a refrigerator in there. Oh, yeah. We we have a running refrigerator. Um, uh, I made a friend over the weekend, and he installed it for me, so it's really good. He had a he had a mechanic come in and install it. All right. So you said that you were going somewhere. So enjoy yourself. I guess I'll see you next week then. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I give Gregory like the the most daughter hug ever, and I I just squeeze him so tightly without trying to hurt him, and um. I think like they walked like a block away and then she's as soon as he turns around, she's going to start walking back. Okay. And you get back into the club, you step inside okay, and there's Leon in Dallas and Elsa comes walking in with blood tears running down her face. 
like she doesn't care if it's running down her makeup or anything. She's just little sniffles and oh my god. <sighs> Dallas, there are signs for you. You are missing. You are a missing person. Like she she slams the door. You are a missing person. You're. <sighs> yeah, because I did that on purpose. You. What did you? What happened? I've left a note. You've left a note, but but this needs to be taken care of. What are we gonna do? Hey, Dad, I'm a vampire now. Sorry, thought you were. Yes, but what are we going to do about the missing persons report? Gregory told me your face is everywhere, all over Heidelberg, and everyone is looking for you. So what are we supposed to do about that? And Leon says, and this is why we stay away from mortals. That's what I tried to do. I literally went home, got my shit, and left. And you didn't do it properly, Isa. What do you want me to do, kill him? I'm not going to kill my father. Nine. Nine. I'm not asking you to kill your own father. God. And then she's going to... Why are you mad at me? Your dad gets to come to the fucking door. Fuck you. And then she slams the door. Wait, you just open the door that you just came in through and then slam No, I open... I go upstairs and I I slam the door behind me. And... Ah. I hope, <laughs> as I'm walking up the stairs, I'd be like, I hope this person still isn't in the fucking bedroom. Yeah, he's snoring away. Uh, Leon looks over at Dallas and he's like, so I guess I should go. <laughs> I'll go grab my mortal and leave. I'll go grab my mortal and leave. <laughs> He hands you the he hands you the address on a slip of paper for the the hotel Zumritter. It's right across the street from the the Church of the Holy Spirit in Old Town. And he says, "So, the eleven o'clock at night. Don't be late. You're expected. And if you don't show up, you get to meet Max again." Mm, no, thank you. Um, she's right. I mean, you're right that I can't go back and live my life with my dad can I there's there's no way to do that no that way only ends in tragedy but if you need help getting your father off your back or maybe even forgetting about you I might be able to help one of those favorites huh he shrugs and he goes upstairs and gathers up his friend. Elsa's kind of like standing next to the window and looking out and sniffling still. Okay. And so Leon does some very creative mental editing on this guy and sends him out into the night. And then Leon nods over at you, Dallas, since you're the only one still down here. And he takes his leave. Thank you, Leon. He nods. Leon's gone. Elsa is pouting upstairs in her room, and Dallas is down in the club area. What are you two doing? You have, what is it, tomorrow is Elysium? 
I thought you said three days. Is it okay. three days from now? Sorry, or? not tomorrow. No, it was three days from yesterday. A day after tomorrow. So the day after tomorrow is Elysium. Uh, what are you two doing now, and what are you doing until it's time for Elysium? Dallas is going to throw herself into finishing up that bar that I uh, kind of found um, and making it shine and getting out all of her frustration with elbow grease and tools and just taking Elsa's the anger gonna come downstairs and putting it into creating. And she's going to sweep and start putting up, putting down rat traps or mice, mice traps and not really say anything. So you both are working downstairs and trying very hard not to look or speak to each other. Yeah. She keep Elsa keeps glancing over, but like And Elsa says they're not in a relationship. <laughs> we just had a huge fight in front of the butler. <laughs> oh my god, in front of the officer's pet. Oh my god. Oh my god, maybe we are in a relationship. <laughs> She's going to finish sweeping and just watch Dallas clean the bar. Like, just sit there, not glaring at her, but she's just, like, watching what she's doing. After a minute, Dallas will stop. He had a knife ready to take Gregory's life. Yeah, I saw that. No, he was at the door with it poised. If he'd said the wrong thing, he was going to open the door and boom, done. Elsa's just going to wipe her face or rub her face. This vampire shit is a lot worse than I thought it would be. What did he mean by it's not safe? He said if Gregory knows what we are then he has to be dealt with that's not good so um, we better come up with some sort of plausible story if you, you want to be able to keep Gregory around well I did tell Gregory that I was going to get him and Christine Shit, I forgot about Christine. Uh, and kind of like a few tears run down her face. I, the two most important people in my life, and I am ignoring them. <laughs> I don't know what to do about her, but she hasn't, we haven't talked in, in weeks and she's with that creepy guy. And I'm... Didn't very... you set her up with said creepy guy? I was trying to make her feel better. We have that relationship. It's fine. And now I regret everything. Everything's fucked. We, we have to prepare for this Elysium party. We have to know, we have to look at least like we know a little bit of something of what we're talking about. We have to use every bit of information that Leon gave us. Well, I would start by not doing what you did with Max. 
I know. But seriously, that guy is really creepy. And if we don't show, we get to meet Max again. So, Eyes of way, we're going to meet Max. We might as well just see him when he's in a better mood, which is probably at the party. I'm not entirely sure. It's, I think it'd be a lot better, don't you think? I don't think he's a party kind of guy. I think we met him as one, in one of his best moods, is what I'm trying to say. Yes, flashing a bayonet in front of our faces. What a party. Singing German music from the 1920s. But anyway, I'm sorry that I yelled at you. Can we make up now? <laughs> Were we fighting? A little bit in front of Leon. Which is a little embarrassing because we're probably going to tell all of his Tremere friends. The new girls are at each other's throats. Yeah, pretty much. You look like the kind of girls that didn't gossip in school. No, I usually beat the shit out of them. Ah, okay. Well, oh, this is going to be so much fun. <laughs> so we going to skip ahead to Elysium? Yeah, it, um, yeah. Dallas would have gone and gotten something appropriate to wear. She's just going to rewash her red dress and then she's going to put on like a petticoat. And then uh, she snuck out for the night and went to a late night jeweler and bought like a black chunky necklace. Okay. And so you can get all this done like the next day or the mm-hmm. So what I need you to do then. Since you're going to be going to sleep, waking up, and then going to sleep again before Elysium, I need you to give me two rouse checks to check for hunger. Seven. And a three. Okay, so uh, Dallas's hunger is raised to two. I have a two and a six. And uh, so is Elsa's. So you sliced your hunger down to one, and so you got... Your hunger increased by one, but it didn't the other night. So you both have a hunger of two. And you animate the Night of Elysium. Oh, boy. You have three hours before the party starts if you want to do some hunting. Yeah, I'm in a... I don't want to go hungry. I want to be focused. Let me find a nice boy. You find a boy, I'll go find a raccoon. Have fun with that one. <laughs> so, so we're gonna do this. Uh, let's see. So, Dallas, we're gonna have you do a hunting roll in a minute. But Elsa, you you have a particular feeding style that I don't think we've addressed much. You're a scene queen, aren't you? Uh huh. Aren't you a gothic scene queen? Mm-hmm. So wouldn't you, uh, I think the best way for you to hunt would be to go to a goth club and try to find somebody willing, right? Yeah, Elsa would be, I think she would be studying the local, like, goth clubs now that she's, like, getting into her element more. So she'll be, she'll be going to a, a relatively, like, you know, smooth, laid back, chill goth club. And then she'll be, she'll go to a bar and order a drink kind of uh what's the term uh baby it kate what is it 
nurse it. Nurse the drink. She'll nurse her drink. Okay. And so around in this time period, uh, the Gothic subcultures, you know, really big. Uh, in Germany, though, it's somewhat looked down on because the, the Gothic subculture has kind of got its start in Britain. So this is kind of seen as more of like an English type thing that all the, the Americans are making more popular. Mm-hmm. So just a little history there. And so you're in a goth club and you are there. You have you do have some fame. So you're kind of like a famous gothic chick in Heidelberg. <laughs> yes, I've been going around and still I was I've been Elsa's still been advertising the lounge and saying it's for everyone and it's accepting and you know you can be comfortable and have a good time and blah 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 and she's really like you know jazzing it up and right, saying great. how wonderful it is so, so you're doing that you're glad handing and everything and you I'm assuming that you just want to slake one hunger so you're not too hungry at Elysium yeah you just want to slake a hunger off okay that's easily done and dallas i need you to give me an animal ken and composure roll to see how well you can hunt in this part of town because i don't think you have enough time to run out to the woods before elysium probably not let me get on my hunger die oh fuck a duck um uh, <laughs> so i have a <laughs> So I have one, 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 two, ten. Oh my god! <laughs> oh boy! What's, is the ten on a hunger die? No. Well, you succeeded. That's one success. <laughs> oh my god! This was holy really butts. Big <laughs> Six dice and four ones. But it's. It's still uh, lucky. All right, so you manage to, I mean, you know, you find enough to slake one hunger in this town by some rather large rats, or I still don't think raccoons are a thing in Germany, but something. You break into a pet store or something, I don't know. No, not the pet store. Okay, fine. You come across somebody's stables. According to Germany, and according to Wikipedia, Germany is actually overrun with raccoons. <laughs> well, there you go. Raccoon overpopulation dates back to the 1920s because they were in, they were particular to importing raccoons from America to populate fur farms. Oh, those poor raccoons. I learned something tonight. Today I learned Germany is infested with raccoons. German fur fest. Let's go. All this hunting Dallas is doing is doing a service to the fatherland. <laughs> exactly. All right. So Dallas finds a, enough trash pandas to sate some of her hunger. And Elsa finds a guy to flirt with at the goth club and have a little sip from. And I guess the two of you agreed to meet in front of the hotel when it was time. Correct. So you get to the, the hotel Zumritter, and this the, the facade of the hotel, the front part, it's very famous for having like a like a Renaissance style, like with the carved sculptures in the front, and it's in a very nice like Renaissance style. 
uh, and it's all marble and very fancy. The interior is is very well like updated. It's very modern, but they keep the the facade because it's the most historic part of this building that has remained standing for 500 years, despite the fact that Heidelberg had literally burned down about three times in its history. I think uh, Elsa would have like uh, read about the most historical sites in Heidelberg. Oh, this is definitely one of the most historical sites. As a matter of fact, it is the second most popularly visited and photographed building in Heidelberg, second only to Castle Heidelberg. Okay. That makes so sense. We're talking like the poshest of the posh hotels Bougie. in Heidelberg. Is oh, it bougiest? Yes. Oh, God. Is it sickeningly bougie? It's, it's German bougie, so it's tasteful but opulent efficiently bougie elsa likes elsa likes her classy stuff but this might be too much and she's gonna look at dallas and be like so do we mingle or do we stay single so as you as you are approaching the doors the doors open and there are two doormen on either side that have opened up the doors uh, the ground floor of this hotel and they look at you two and it's like we've been expecting you come on in Oh, great. I'm so happy. And I just walk. <laughs> and as you walk in, says the rest of the party is, is upstairs in our main suite. Go enjoy yourself. And if you need help, we can somebody can escort you up. OK, thank you so much. Danke. OK. And so we know what. Uh, Elsa is wearing that the crimson red dress with a petticoat. What is Dallas wearing to Elysium? Dallas, in her infinite wisdom, is being a little bit more subversive with her her fashion, and is wearing a killer pair of heels, slim fit uh, black tuxedo pants, and a deep V neck uh, black blazer, kind of looking more like wearing a tuxedo, but with nothing underneath the jacket. So it's that just is super cute. Plunging <laughs> V-neck down to her navel with the uh, tuxedo pants, very kind of a little uh, off kilter, but still fancy-esque or what she would consider. And as they go inside, she offers an elbow to Elsa like, shall we? Elsa's just gonna like you're too much, and um, puts her wraps her arm around Dallas. It's it's a very overwhelmingly fancy party. And as you go upstairs and are shown to the main ball area, the doors open, and inside you see there's there's a table set up on the side. There's you know a couple of chairs where people can sit. There's music playing. There's a band playing some very soft classical music. Uh, the, all the people in here they're chatting with each other. They're sipping from wine glasses. They're wearing fancy clothing, and they're all dead. And as you step in, they all turn and they look at you. Some with moderate interest, some with a predatory gaze, and others with just a slight curiosity. 
but each one of you is each one of them you can feel is weighing and measuring you with their eyes if elsa could still breathe she'd probably lose her oxygen um but uh only for a split second before she realizes that she is a scene queen and she's just going to look like she belongs there and uh looks at dallas and they she keeps walking with dallas and so as you start walking into the room one of them uh, walks over to where you guys are and she is just a, a female she's very well dressed very her hair is done up she has just beautiful blonde hair she has perfect skin perfect white teeth and she's just these violet eyes and she looks at you both and says welcome to Elysium I hear that you're new you must be Elsa and he, she looks over at you Dallas says you must be Dallas my name is Lena Lena Fisher how are you I'm wonderful, thank you. We're both doing very well. So, um, I'm just here, just kind of, I know that this is your first time and there's a lot of you know, confusion and usually fear that goes into these things. And I'm wondering if there's anything that I might be able to help you with. Well, uh, I don't know if you know Leon in any capacity, but he was also helping us uh, prepare for our first Elysium. How did he prepare you? Oh, he just gave us some details on how to uh, be proper and not offend anyone at an Elysium. And my sire abandoned me, so I'm trying to figure out why. And... I'm here for questions and... Oh, I'm sure you have a lot of questions, sweetie, so... I don't um, like her. <laughs> it's really nice... Well, it's really nice that Leon decided to help you. I mean, usually Tremere aren't all that helpful, but... Um, oh, I'm not even certain if you understand what these terms mean. So Leon is Clan Tremere, me, I'm Clan Toreador, and I'm just here to say hi, and you know, maybe... Why don't I go around and introduce you to some of the others? Some some others that are closer to you in age that you might get on with. Does that sound okay? That would be phenomenal. Thank that you. That would be great. Uh, Wonderful. Dallas knows how to play the game because she's been the new girl in so many places. I feel like I just walked into a Nordstrom. <laughs> what is happening? So Lena uh, leads you two over to uh, this, another. Uh, it's another vampire. He's he's uh, male. He's sitting down in a chair, and he's talking to this other figure who's wearing a, a very tight, like leather dress and a mini skirt. And on her arms, there's like a just hairless, completely hairless all over. Her arms have they look a little scaly. She is completely bald headed. Has these these giant bat like ears, and just scales or scaly skin all over her face. She's a very grotesque-looking individual. And Lena looks over at you two, looks at them, and he says, so, uh, Elsa, Dallas, I want you to meet the rest of my coterie. This is Henry, and the, the male nods to you. And this is Sophia, and the hideous woman, she waves to you. It's like, hey, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Hello! Nice to meet you both. 
Hello. Oh, you know, we get to hobnob with the snobs every month. Henry kind of shoots her a look. Dallas grins. <laughs> I, I I nudge Dallas and be like, I like her. And Henry, he stands up and he he takes, if you're offering, he takes both of your hands and gives them a, a kiss. And he says, so if you need if you need anything, because I know getting set up in town and you know, the hunting grounds or you know finances or whatever can be a little bit difficult, I want you to give me a call. And he gives each of you his business card. Oh, thank you, thank you, Danka. It is so nice to uh, be introduced after going through a traumatic experience. Oh, no doubt. You must have been terrible for you, but the fact that you are still up and kicking is great. Not many people in your in your particular set of circumstances has made it this far. That's my understanding. We had a uh, Vispa through the Vine Garden. What is that term? Oh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, grapevine. The <laughs> Vispa foo is a grapevine. No, I like Whisper through the <laughs> The wine garden. I like that. Oh, wine <laughs> wow. So, so Henry just kind of like politely nods, and, and Lena uh, takes you, introduces you guys to some other people, and uh, as you walk past some some of the more darkly clad people, she says, "Oh, I, I see that you already know Leon. Leon's there," and he nods to the two of you. I kind of, I kind of like frantically wave. I'm like, "Hi," and then just like, just a make him roll his eyes because it's funny and Lena sees you wave enthusiastically at him and says oh that's so precious and he says and the the woman who he's talking to and she points out a woman she's wearing a like a, a conservative black dress like it goes down to her ankles and the dress has like some silvery highlights of like maybe like crescent moons in it and she has the the most stunning feature about her is she has shockingly red hair and very fair skin with, with some minor freckles on it in stark contrast to all the black and says that is easily also of clan Tremere okay I'm gonna study what she looks like for about a few more seconds before I realize she might turn her her head towards me and then I'm going to look at Lena and what do you know about her oh yeah, just whatever any of us really know about the Tremere. They just, they're holed up in their tower studying magic or whatever and generally... As they, as they like more... The I noticed the Tremere, they look a little bit more dressed up than most people. As they like... Do they have more money? Or do they... She, she laughs softly to herself she's like oh, oh honey don't don't think about it in terms of money so so Tremere and she gestures to herself the Toreador and she motions over to Henry and the Ventru they're what are known as the high clans we are uh, I guess you could say maybe a, a cut above the rest and tend to like to carry ourselves with with, with nobility and dignity um, and and I'm not entirely certain what clans you're from or even if you know but I, I heard something that this this might be found out tonight that's very interesting I know that Leon uh, posited a guess when it came to my clan 
or Elsa is going to nudge Dallas before she can say her clan and uh, or step on her foot kind of like secretly, stealthily before she can say uh, what her clan is. Is that going to stop Dallas? Is it? No, actually, um, but she's going to finish what she was going to say, which is, um, but he wasn't entirely certain. So I'll be interested in hearing more. I'm sure we all will. And, and just to speed things up a little bit, she points you out to some other people. She, she gestures over to Maximilian says, I hear that you're already familiar with Maximilian. And he, he waves politely to you too. And, and pats the, the bulge at the side of his, uh, of his jacket. As he looks oh, at you too. what a lovely greeting! Hi, Maximilian. And then I look away and glare. She motions over. It looks like a, a dark figure in a cloak, or just a hooded outfit in the dark corner. She goes, "That's uh, Dorata. He is one of the. He's the Nosferatu primogen. Uh, primogen is, I, I guess, pretty high up, like second only to the prince." better look at his face from here or oh yeah it's that guy that you attacked at the party oh jesus crimey you are so lucky you're alive oh, you're lucky you're alive that's okay like Dallas has no fucking clue tess is like oh dear god she has no she was stuck in a room with another guy it's fine um i was helped saving a mortal you're welcome um but she's going to squint her eyes at the what was his name? Dorata. It's German for the rat. All right, Dorito. Let's <laughs> Dorata. Okay. So and this is another case where the storyteller thinks he comes up with a pretty cool name that the players are just going to make fun of the whole time. I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I did too. Thank I, you. It makes me think of Dorito. I'm sorry. Moving on. I like it. It's a great name, Chad. Uh-huh. Uh, another uh, black-clad individual walks over to where uh, Leon and Aisley are talking. And, and this person, he's a, he's a gentleman. He's got shorter hair, a slight beard, scars on the side of his face. And he's wearing like a robe, like a very old-style robe, black robe. And he starts talking to Leon and Aisley and goes, and that is uh, Reinhard von Eisenbar. He is the Tremere primogen. He's uh, very unique. We'll just say that. And she motions over to another gentleman who's wearing like a, like a tweed outfit, got a bit of a beard and short curly hair and goes and that is uh Werner Strauss he is the an elder of the of clan Bruja and also on the primogen council and it looks like the prince has not arrived yet so you're free to mix and mingle and when the prince arrives business can start have fun and she gives you both just the biggest toothiest smile oh boy yeah, thank you. Thank you. Sa- danke, Lena. Uh, we wouldn't have made it through the door without you. It's been a pleasure. And as you're talking to Lena, you see behind her another uh, kindred that just stepped into the area, walks in. And, and this, this is a woman. She's a tall woman with 
like hair in ringlets and and up in a bun, but some ringlets are free. And she's wearing like just a, more like all those old fashioned robes, but more of a, a golden floral pattern. And she walks over towards you behind Lena and she puts her hands on Lena's shoulder and she whispers something to her and Lena, she is taken by surprise, but she smiles and says, Oh, and this, let me introduce you both to Fiorella Bianchi, uh, the Toreador Primogen and my sire. Fiorella Bianchi, who? It's lovely to meet you, Fiorella Bianchi. Fiorella Bianchi. Oh, what a pleasure. And uh, Lena looks over at, at both of you and says, so, but if you want to converse with her, she prefers not to speak in German. So if you know, like Italian or English is much, much more preferred. It does immediately switches into English. English, I can do quite well. And Fiorella looks at you and speaks also in English and goes, and for that, I appreciate the, the German language. It, it feels like rocks in my throat. Elsa's just going to look at the ground. I find uh, English to be a little bit more comfortable considering it is what I grew up on and my German is passable at best. Yes, I hear that you are American, is that right? Uh, yes. Oh, how fascinating. It must be, I've, I've never made it over there myself, but I, I hear such stories about it. Um, would you happen to be from California? Oh, uh, unfortunately, no. But I have been to California uh, several times. My uh, family, uh, from when I was still mortal, moved quite a bit. Yes, uh, in the military, I understand. Is that right? Yes. Interesting. Well, anyway, so I would like to hear more about it. But, of course, business calls. But please, enjoy your night. And, and you are, she looks at both of you and says, you are safe here. So don't worry. Thank you. It's it's a pleasure meeting you. Thank you. And she nods imperiously at you and just glides away. I strive <laughs> to be like her. <laughs> just she looks really pretty. And I just kind of look at Dallas. I'm like, she's really pretty. Yep. And it's all a game. I tell Lena that. I was like, she's very beautiful. Well, she she smiles and says, well, she's, yes, she is definitely very nice to look at. And she says, and you, 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 you're no slouch yourself. You're practically stunning. I'm a little jealous. Oh, oh, stop it. It, it everyone tells me that it's. Well, tell me more about this dress. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, she kind of disconnects from. Dallas and she starts getting into a conversation with Lena about um, how she prefers the uh, Zagoth or Zagoth uh, fate or the trend that's happening uh, over Heidelberg and uh, starts, you know, connecting it with uh, how the British were coming over and the Americans bringing over that goth trend and stuff like that. And yes, well, you know, passing fads and all that. Lena doesn't seem all that interested in the goth yeah. fashion set. So, so well, Dallas, you just got like snubbed by Elsa because you're they're talking about fashion and dresses. What does she do? 
She nod politely, um, a little hurt because she tried really hard with her uh, little bit of uh, risque fashion, and she thought she was looking pretty good. I look back at Dallas and I'm like, I'm "Like you okay?" Oh, she's she's already turned away and is like gonna go. She gives a little nod and a smile and is used to playing the game of you know being the new girl and no. She's kind of thinking of it like I was. I was at okay five different high schools in four years. I can play this game. Okay, kind of how, kind of how she's thinking of it. So she knows she, right now. She's she's in the mind of this is the game you have to play. Keep them guessing. Keep them on their toes. Don't be what they expect you to be. And is going for the polite. Give gotten the idea from Leon that this is a very like high society kind of polite. I've been to a lot of Marine balls, a lot of officer balls. She knows what's expected. All right. And as you walk away, uh, Leon, he, he comes walking over to you, Dallas, and says, well, first of all, nice suit. Second of all, how you doing with all this? So far, so good. Not unlike being the new girl at school. <laughs> Feel forgive me. Yeah, that's true. But, but Hey, you know, you stay around long enough. Eventually there'll be new people that you get to act all superior with. So anyway, I wanted to give you a quick heads up on something that's going to happen tonight. So you're not freaked out. Okay. Okay. I appreciate it. I'm being asked to do some magic on you and Elsa. All right. I'm glad it's you, because you, I'm okay with. Well, good. That's, I also have to be one of the few that knows this ritual. So basically what's going to happen is uh, it's going to be one-on-one for a while, but we're going to go in the other room. There's going to be some blood stuff involved, and I'm going to be able to tell you your clan. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. And it looks over where Elsa and Lena are talking and comparing body parts and stuff to each other. Says, and can you just pass that on to Elsa when she's done talking to Lena? Um, and he, he kind of like leans into you a little bit and whispers, cause you gotta watch out for that one. Lena or the Toreador? Yes. Lena, the Toreador. You need to watch out for her. No, Lena or the entirety is what I was trying to get across. Oh, um, uh, let's talk more about that outside of here, you know? Done. All right. And, uh, after a little bit of time, uh, Elsa's like going to finish the conversation with Lena and then she's going to go back to Dallas. Dallas will give her a quick fill in. And, and Leon is still there. And after Dallas gives her the fill in about the the ritual stuff leon looks over at you elsa says elsa if you if you're hungry he looks over he points over to the mortals that are just milling around on the outside like you know passing out drinks or uh fetching things for the other vampires and and things of that nature and says you know we have a number of ghouls here that you can drink from if you're hungry just don't take too much it's just an, a like i mean how much can you no, take no more than a so, like don't drink all the bottles Yes, don't don't kill anyone. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, So she's going to kind of 
look over at the ghouls and then just look back. I'm not very hungry at the moment, but thank you so much, Leon. Okay, well, just that's a good thing. So you must have hunted before you came. Smart move. He like he gestures. He snaps at one of the ghouls. The ghouls. One of the ghouls comes and gives him like a a glass full of blood, and he just starts drinking from it. He shrugs and he looks over to the side. And says, "Oh, it looks like the prince is here." Um, pay pay attention. I'm gonna look up. Is I'm gonna look over where the prince is. So as you can tell. Obviously, who this person is, number one, because they're new, and two, because every vampire in the room, when when she comes walking in, just shows a lot of deference. Some even bow, or others just kind of give her a lot of space. But this this woman, you can't tell how old she is. She's, she's completely ageless. Like, she could be young, she could be very old, but her skin is such where it's more like polished marble than anything else. And she is wearing this very ornate, uh, like, earth tone, very dark uh, not completely black but you know, earth toned dark clothing it's an ornate dress with uh, just a very like almost medieval style hat and she's her neck is covered in, in chains with various arcane symbols on it she has rings on her fingers and she steps in just with this air of unlimited power and authority and as she walks across the room so every vampire there can see that she has arrived she goes over to the side where the unlit fireplace is and sits down on a very high back chair almost looking like a queen sitting on a throne and a number of ghouls come and attend to her is this a your majesty kind of thing or what's the proper title here how do we pronounce it so you call her prince that's her title prince and he even looks at you says let me introduce to you my sire the prince hannah lantebeck it's wonderful to make your acquaintance okay it's nice to meet you right and so hannah she nods over to you, and she actually motions for you two to come a little closer. Elsa puts her big pants on. She's gonna put her, hook her arm around her, yeah, Dallas again. Or she's just gonna squeeze Dallas's hand, and then she's let go. Dallas is going to go very confidently forward. And all eyes are on you. Everything gets quiet, and everyone watches this exchange. And the first thing Hannah does is she nods to each of you and says, Dallas, Elsa, I'm glad that you accepted my invitation. This is, we obviously find ourselves in a very peculiar set of circumstances. I am very thankful at the opportunity. I appreciate the message that you gave to Maximilian for not destroying us. And I do hope that your brief meeting with Maximilian wasn't too traumatic. And she looks over at Maximilian and he smiles a little bit. And she kind of, she shivers a little bit. Mm, Well, yes, it was a non-traumatic experience. Oh, good. So the first thing that I would like to get done tonight is she motions over to Leon. says, I would like to have my child take each one of you to the side room, and we're going to figure out more about where your blood comes from. 
Very well. All right. And Leon, Leon approaches the prince and bows deeply, and he looks over at you and says, which one of you would like to go first? Very well. I'll go. I can go first. Oh. And um, she'll follow Leon. After you. Ladies first. Okay. And so, Elsa, uh, you're led. That means you get to stand with the prince a little bit longer. <laughs> So you're led over to a side room, kind of away from prying eyes behind like a modesty screen and quick rundown. So Leon, he pulls out like a silver chalice, puts it in front of you, and he pulls out his knife. It looks like a a silvered knife with arcane inscriptions all over it and symbols. And he slides the chalice and the knife over to you and says, I need you to fill up that chalice with your blood, please. Okay. All right, so you cut your wrist and bleed into the chalice. Give me a rouse check. So roll 1d10. Six. You do not get hungrier. Good. And so he takes the chalice and the knife uh, back and puts it in front of him, and he cuts his own wrist and bleeds into the chalice, and then he licks the wound. And he does this little ritual thing where he takes the, the tip of the knife and he taps the chalice in five places around it, almost making it like a star, and he starts chanting something in some language that you've never heard of or only heard hinted at in other books. And after five minutes to maybe an hour, you're not sure, the the droning kind of like took you off somewhere. He drinks it, and drinks everything down, every last drop, and he stops and he closes his eyes, and it's like he's listening to something. Or, or maybe tasting something. And then his eyes open, and he looks at you, and he nods. He says, oh, I kind of had a feeling you'd be Clan Bruja. That strangely makes Elsa grin a little. She doesn't know why, but she's going to nod. She says, thank you, Leon. I'll be... And you are of the 13th generation. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay, and so if you could get uh, Dallas to come over here, I don't don't mention any of this. I will tell this to the prince when we're done. Oh, absolutely. But I can come to you if I have questions about Zebruha. Uh, well, you, correct. Sure, you you can if you want. Okay. We'll see how the rest of the night goes. Well, not. Re- Anyway, uh, she's going to nod and then leave and then uh, tap Dallas, tap Dallas on the shoulder. Okay. So, Dallas, while that was going on, uh, one of, is there any vampire in particular that you'd like to be carrying a conversation on with right now? She's just happily um, circling the room and, and just... Getting to know a few folks. Uh, she actually goes back to uh, Sophia and Henry and strikes up a conversation with them, especially uh, Sophie, because she liked Sophie's kind of uh, attitude. And so she just goes and makes small talk with them if they're open to it. She doesn't try to push herself into any conversations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Sophia is very open to t- talking to you. You get the the sense that she's, she's very flippant about a lot of things. And Henry says that she's like that because she's an Osferatu. She'll talk a little bit about the club they're, they're opening since Henry seems to be of a business mind and kind of uh, ask him, you know, 
does he have any he seems to have a good political or a business acumen and if there's any ad- advice that he could offer just keeping it very light it's like I would be more than ha- I would be more than happy to discuss it with you and Elsa at a later time it seems like you're well actually he looks over behind you and says it looks like Elsa's done and it's your turn don't thank you I look forward to it and so, uh, Dallas, you go in front of Leon, and you're asked to do the same thing. Give me a rouse check. Seven. All right. Not any hungrier. Leon does his ritual and drinks. Can I? Oh. It says you. Oh, what? Go ahead. Sorry. I wanted to approach the prince while Dallas was getting her blood checked. Okay. And what do you say? So, I've... I have been told that there are kindred and sires that abandon uh, kindred, newly kindred, that uh, just wake up. And that is the thing that happened to me. And one of my desired goals is to find this person and I want to know why he abandoned me and left me alone out in the middle of the woods during Valpurgisnacht. Well, it seems like you and I both have the same goal because what he did was criminal and I am interested in having him see justice. I know that he could possibly be destroyed, but I would prefer to see him first and ask him why. She nods and says, I will keep that in mind. I bow at her and, and walk away. She goes back to her conversation with Werner, the uh, Bruja primogen. And Leon finishes drinking from the chalice, looks over at you, Dallas, after he kind of twitches a little bit. Says you are a gangrel of the twelfth generation. Do I not taste good then? Is what I'm getting from that face. Each clan has its own distinctive taste. You, uh, the clan gangrel, very much tastes like the hunt and wildness and rugged individuality. It's like a candle store. Ah. Wasn't sure if I tasted like a, a farmer or whatever it was that you called it. No, but I do detect a hint of raccoon. Sorry, dinner. It's okay. So, and he, Leon, cleans off his knife and <laughs> sheathes it as a ghoul takes care of the rest of the ritual stuff. And Dallas says, I mean, Leon says, Dallas, just come with me. I need to tell the prince what we discovered and. We'll see what else happens. I didn't. No one introduced me to uh, a gangrel primogen around here. He Leon stops and he takes a. Well, he would take a deep breath, but he's dead. He says the gangrel aren't typically ones that you find in a city. Oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yes, the the gangrel clan and the Camarilla to have its own special history. We'll just say that. Stuff to talk about later, right? Yes. And so he 
continues walking out. And uh, Dallas, you get out there, and Leon walks over to Hannah, the prince, and he whispers in her ear. Gotcha. And is anybody watching this, or are you just going back to the party? I'm watching. <laughs> I'm... I'm watching this, and I'm also keeping an eye on the Bruja. What was it? What was he called? Werner. The yeah, the Bruja. Yeah, I'm watching Werner because Elsa would like to speak with him. Okay, so I want both of you, since you're watching this, I want you both to give me a. Let's see, you're noticing something, so give me an a wits and insight roll. Is it from hunger as well, or is it... So, Elsa, that is four dice for you. Yeah, yes, yes. Replace your hunger... Replace, uh, uh, what, one of the dice with your hunger dice, and Dallas, wits, and insight for you is five. Holy bully bullies. Um, that's a messy critical. Mine is um, a 10, a 7, a 9, and a 2. Okay, so you both got phenomenal successes on this. A messy critical on an insight check. Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> makes up for my 1, 1, 1, 1 earlier. <laughs> well, yeah, the rules say that if, there's a, if you roll a messy critical and there's a situation where the beast really wouldn't help too much, one option is your hunger increases because your beast stirs. So we'll just go with that. Goody. Yay, back up to two. <laughs> but both of you re- recognize that when Leon is is whispering things to uh, Hannah, since you guys got such great successes, the first thing is, you know what he's telling her. He's telling you your generation and your clan. But it seems like Leon is saying more than just that. And the prince momentarily gets, a, like there's a flash of anger and she slowly turns over and gives Warner a meaningful look as some of the information is revealed. And then she nods to Leon and dismisses him. That didn't look good. It'll be okay. And the prince motions for the two of you to come before her again. And we do. Good. And I'm, I'm assuming that you are properly cowed, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I bow at her again. So Hannah says, so Leon has informed me of your clans and your generation. So now we have a starting point. First of all, let me decree that the kindred known as Elsa and Dallas are allowed to continue to exist and hunt in Heidelberg under my protection. And you notice off in the corner, like Lena, she's jotting something a little bit, something down while the prince is speaking. It says, so I, I understand that you are developing your own haven. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am the club so you're the just say like the block area around that that is your exclusive domain that is your feeding grounds you have dominion over that club thank you also he looks over at you elsa and says so understanding that you are of the clan bruja and she looks over at 
you, Dallas, and says, I understand that both of you probably have a lot of questions and are in dire yeah. need of education of kindred history and politics and why our whole system works, but most especially the traditions. She looks over at Werner and says, Werner here will be your instructor. Thank you. And whatever uh, whatever Werner is willing to teach me, I am willing to learn as I live to learn. Werner puts a he puts a hand on his chest and bows slightly to you and says, I'm willing to teach if you're willing to listen. Yes, sir. And and I bow back, yeah. And the, the prince she also she holds up a hand and says, However, by letting you continue to exist, even though you violated the masquerade, albeit unknowingly, this incurs a debt to me. To, to her? Yes, to the prince. Oh my god! <laughs> so, in order to discharge this debt, I'm willing to offer you a, a duty that I would like for you to perform for me on behalf of your city. Any and anything. And given that we now know what clan each of you is from and your both of your clan's particular set of skills and expertise, I want you to seek out a, a white that has been troubling a small portion of the mortal population in the town and have him meet final death. Excuse me, but... What is a fight? I'm sure your new mentor and some of the friends that you've made here be willing to fill you in on this. But let me just say that this 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 task will make you look good in my eyes and in the eyes of the Camarilla. So keep that in mind when you're being told exactly what the nature of this task is. Thank you. Of course. And she dismisses you and... You guys go off, and other kindred business is going on here. Favors are being traded left and right. The prince is, you know, having audiences with people. People are, you know, disputing feeding rights with the prince and a whole bunch of vampire politics going on. Werner excuses himself and approaches both of you. And he smiles at you, Elsa, and says, All right, so it looks like we're cousins. So welcome to the family, I guess. And so, a white. So to answer your question, a white is what happens to a kindred that has completely lost their hold on their humanity. They are nothing more than a monster, a beast, and they are a threat to the masquerade and everything around them. Not that I'm saying there are options to save him, but has there ever been a time where a white has come back to humanity? No, once the beast has totally taken control of you, there is no hope. And this is a one-person job or two? Well, both of you incurred the debt. It looks like you two can take care of this yourselves. But let's pay it off together. Okay. All right. Uh, I've never battled a white before, so this should be uh, a... Educational challenge. 
Well, considering your current circumstances, if you had told me you battled the white before, I would find that very curious. <laughs> I guess that is true. So, I will give you more information about where to find this white, and maybe we can start uh, start some of your education. But for now, let's just enjoy the rest of Elysium. And he uh, he asked you. Yes, he asked you for uh, contact information for you, like a phone number that he could reach you at the club. Thank you, Fana. I'm going to tell him that you can find us at our new lounge, and he's more than welcome to pay a visit once in a while, and uh, I'll give him uh, the phone number of the telephone that is connected to uh, the lounge. And I'll give him the address as well. Okay, good. And so you're free to partake of the Elysium for the rest of the night. I mean, this isn't something where it's it stops at a certain time. Most people just kind of show up, get their business done, and leave. What are the two of you doing this night? Uh, I'm... I don't know. I'm, pro- I'm probably going to keep talking to Werner if he's still there. Uh, about just asking more questions about Bruja, but you don't have to go back and forth with Elsa and Werner. Okay, so we can fill that in later, but he is you are full of questions and you're excited that you get to learn about something, and he is excited to teach you. this. He does disclose to you that in life he was a professor, professor so he is always keen on teaching. Perfect. I, I knew someone who was a was a teacher. I used to know them. Dallas decides that she's had enough of people, but she kind of just winks at Elsa, like, you stay, enjoy yourself. I'm I'm going to go home. Dallas is going to go and try to find some of those uh, missing signs and take them down. The Infane Podcast is a proud member of the Nerdsmith Network. Visit nerdsmith.org for all of your nerdy entertainment needs. Monsters. Savages. Abominations. Eighty years ago, the great kingdoms of the land above drove all monstrous creatures from their domain and claimed the surface of the world for themselves. Those that escaped the slaughter were driven deep underground, banished forever into the lightless reaches of the dark below. In this endless labyrinth of stone tunnels and caverns, their descendants still fight to survive. And she's going to pretend that she's a fan of this dragon. She's going to be, she's going to say, um, oh my gosh, I have heard of you before. And I am just so happy that you're actually real and we actually found you. We've been looking for oh, you. That's flattering. I look at O'Neill and salute and then go back into the shadows. Yeah, I sure make it look so easy. I do. <laughs> She gets angry and she just finds Dyer and just tries to, like, attack them with it. One of this creature's massive, clawed hands grabs hold of your wrist. The cub yet has strength. Come explore a world where sunlight is a myth and monsters may become heroes.
Discover new episodes of The Land Above every Monday on nerdsmith.org, Podbean, or wherever you download podcasts. A proud member of the Nerdsmith Network.